Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Wednesday, another hump day, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022. Trust wherever you are in the world, you're having a phenomenal, phenomenal week and uh, the sales are absolutely blowing up all over the place. Uh, In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a topic that uh, I've had a number of conversations with, uh, well, not just over the last week, but it seems to be over the last, well, the last few years. In fact, I'll say this. across my entire career and uh, I've been kind of a little bit of a victim of this at some stage and many stages in my career but it's also something that I see a lot of sales people become victims to and in some cases unfortunately sales leaders become victim to as well and uh, I'm going to talk about getting taken care of And and the topic of this podcast episode will be are you waiting to be taken care of now it probably sounds on the surface to be a really a basic question or just a natural sort of question to ask, but I want to delve a little bit deeper because I've seen a lot of situations and experienced a lot of things myself over my career, and certainly as a coach now working with leaders, sales leaders in their teams, I see a lot of this behavior playing out in teams and also in businesses. And I must say, it's actually preventing these individuals, but collectively teams and therefore businesses from realizing their fullest potential and subsequently not being able to provide the level of service and value generation to the marketplace that really they should be uh, being able to deliver. So if there's one trait and if there's one attribute in sales, and there's many, many attributes that make up a great salesperson and therefore a great sales leader, but if there is one trait that a good sales leader and a good salesperson must get good at, and when I say good, get really proficient at, It's learning to be self-sufficient. Now, I've had many stories, and if you listen to podcasts, there's so many podcasts that have the stories of the zero to hero type story, the the down and out is the people who had no no further place to go, no further depths to fall, and they had no option but to look up and move up. Now, there's a lot, lots and lots of stories of these type of people who are naturally resilient and they've, they've done it the hard way having zero support, and yet they found a way and they managed to find a way. And there's a lot of lessons to come out of those particular stories. And I was listening to one this morning, actually, in relation to a guy who, um, in his early teenage years, was hanging around the wrong the wrong crowd, uh, nearly got himself into a trouble, but if by the grace of God, uh, a, a situation happened that prevented him from uh, crossing over that line, if you like. But many of his friends and, and, and sometimes family members got into uh, serious problems where they found themselves uh, in jail, uh, in, in jail and, and some of them unfortunately passed. But his realization or his lesson was he, could, he believed he couldn't fall any further. So the only way was up and he found a way. And today he's a, um, he's a trained psychotherapist, does a, lot of, uh, does a lot of good work, works in the mental health industry and is a CEO of a number of different mental health organizations and providing great, great service to that community. But he was talking about the fact that he he needed to be self-sufficient and he needed to learn resilience. And then you look at other people, people who perhaps uh, either have received everything on a platter or they expect to receive 
everything on a platter. Now, I'm not saying that this is not a bad thing because as parents, we always want to do the right thing by our kids. And, and in many cases, we want to make sure that our children grow up in an environment and get to experience things that perhaps we, as when we were children, didn't necessarily get the opportunity to experience. So it's just a natural, I guess, evolution that we want to do better for our next generation. But the question is, is that helping them or is it hindering them? And what I've noticed, and this is, I want to re- relay this back to, to sales and sales leadership, is that there are many people out there in society and therefore many people in sales and in business who haven't necessarily developed a level of resilience and they haven't necessarily developed the resourcefulness that perhaps they could have because they've been taken care of. Now, I'm not for one second belittling the concept of being taken care of because I think it's a natural uh, it's a natural want of all of us to be taken care of and to belong to something. And I'm not, I'm not saying we don't want to look after our kids, but what I am talking about is we've got to be really more self-aware and then more socially aware as to what we are teaching, not only our children, but also what are we teaching our teams when it comes to levels of resourcefulness. Are we handing things to them to make it easier for them to do things because we found it difficult. And so we want to lessen the pain that perhaps we experience and we don't want them to experience. And this goes for kids, but it also goes for your team. Uh, The question is, is that going to help them? Is that going to set them up for success in the future? Is that going to teach them resourcefulness? Is that going to teach them the skill set that they need that when they're faced with a predicament or a situation where they don't have you or they don't have somebody else there to support them, that they'll be able to make an informed choice and therefore take the action without having to wait for, in many cases, permission to do this. And this is what I want to talk about today in terms of specifically sales, but also if you're a a non-sales leader listening to this, just think about what environment you're creating for your team and is your team there waiting for you to take care of them? And are you as a leader waiting for others to take care of you as well? In working with hundreds if not thousands of of teams and people over the last few years, it's um, it's really interesting and I often ask this question not necessarily to those groups, but often when I finish doing a session, doing a um, doing a workshop, or whatever the case might be, uh, I often ask myself and I ask my wife, where's the resilience and where's the resourcefulness gone? It's almost like people are expecting information to be handed to them and the full the full gamut of the blueprint to be handed to them and all they have to do is execute it and they'll get the perfect results. Well, they're watching too many movies and it probably only happens in, in Hollywood or in Bollywood. And so their expectation is so high on other people having to provide the perfect environment or the perfect conditions for them to be successful. And you just have to look at the, I guess, the litigation society that exists today. And everybody, and when I say everybody, it's a gross generalization, I know, but many people looking for others or external situations to blame for their predicament We need to get better at being resourceful, self-resourceful. We need to get better at being resilient and we need to get better at taking affirmative action and relying upon ourselves, not expecting others to come in and save us or expect others to provide us and roll out the red carpet where all we have to do is walk down the red carpet looking glamorous and everything will be wonderful. All the flashing lights and we'll get all the accolades. It doesn't work. Now, it reminds me of a story, and I share this a lot with people. There was a sales executive many years ago in my in my sales team in my first gig as a sales leader who was the quintessential example of this, of waiting to be taken care of. Now, I'm not going to name him, and I certainly won't name the organization, uh, but this sales executive, and he would stand in front of me and when we do a, a weekly review of the portfolio, the pipeline, uh, activity levels, where is that in terms of uh, targets, all the sort of stuff you would normally do as a as a sales uh, leader, just all the normal sales cadence. 
And every single conversation seemed to have an excuse that this person didn't give me that, that person didn't give me this, I was waiting on this person, I was waiting on that person. Then it came around to the conversation and I asked him, so what's your process, what's your technique or your approach to, I guess, prospecting and building your building your pipeline? And he said, well, the expectation is our marketing department and you provide me with the leads so that I can just close those pieces of business. Essentially, that was what he was saying. He wanted to be taken care of. Now, I'm not sure whether that was an environment that he'd come from where he had been pampered and had been looked after. This guy was a fairly senior guy and probably should have known better that in a, in a pretty competitive environment in telecommunications, uh, very few, if any, are going to be handing you red hot leads for you to come in on a white horse and close the deal and look like the hero. It takes uh, hard work, it takes uh, courage, it takes conversations, it takes time. And it was a great example of, of this particular uh, topic that he was waiting to be taken care of. Now, in the same time frame, I was actually doing my utmost to try and create an atmosphere and an environment where my team could be successful. But unfortunately, at that particular time also, the way I was going about it was I was developing a level of codependency where I was almost teaching my team, and this person was included in that team, to be reliant upon me to take care of them. Now, whether that be providing them guidance, whether that be providing them uh, prospects, whether that be providing opportunities that come through a marketing department, or even problems that needed to be solved, I was creating that environment where they were waiting to be taken care of, and it didn't help either of us. So fast forward to today, and as a coach working with leaders and working with their teams, and certainly with sales leaders, this is a critical, critical skill set to develop. And when I'm working with leaders, I'm absolutely uh, fundamentally focused on, first and foremost, making sure that the environment that we help the sales leaders and the leaders create is an environment of independence, where we still want to have people feeling as if they're cared for, which they are. We still want to have them feeling as if the environment is an environment where they can make a positive contribution and they will get justly rewarded for the contributions they make. But we also want to make sure that they understand that the environment is not there to fully take care of them. They have to bring something to the table as well. They need to bring their resourcefulness. They have to bring their independent thinking. They pretty much have to have an opinion. They have to have a voice and they have to take some positive proactive action in order to move forward and not expect everything to be given to them or handed on a platter. And thankfully, over a period of time, that environment uh, was created and we had a lot more people who were more independent of thought, but they also understood the, the part they played in the team ecosystem and the team environment, which made a really high-performing team absolutely hum. But it actually removed this reliance on each individual to be relied upon somebody else to take care of them, which meant they were making more decisions without asking for permission. They were actually taking action without asking for permission. And the whole, I guess, culture of the team started to improve and therefore the results that followed that were actually pretty, pretty awesome. So even today, as a, as a coach, as a mentor, as a leader, as a facilitator that works in this particular industry, I still have situations where I fall back into old habits and where it's easy to rely upon work coming to me. And it feels great when an organization or a sales leader reaches out and says, hey, I really want to come and work with you. Can we work together? Which is phenomenal, right? So there's there's almost a lot less effort that I have to put out proactively for that to happen, which is phenomenal. Now, if only that happened all the time, <laughs> life would be fantastic, but it just doesn't happen. 
And so the key message today is not only are you waiting for to be taken care of, but you've also got to understand that we have to rely on ourselves and we have to be able to back ourselves, which means not waiting for things to happen, not waiting to be taken care of. It's about being a lot more proactive and which means we also have to be in alignment with uh, what we stand for, what's important to us, where we're trying to head, but also clear on a number of areas as well. And I want to talk about this specifically from a selling perspective and a sales perspective. So if we look at look at sales, and if you're a sales executive or a sales leader right now looking at your team, your performance, and looking out six months or 12 months and thinking, wow, what's going to happen? What does the future look like? Here's some, here's some things to think about. First and foremost, we've got to be really, really clear on what our key market is or what our key market segment is. I often hear people that say, I'm I am a coach or I'm, a, I'm an executive mentor or I'm a salesperson. I've got this great product that is suited for everybody, so I can help everybody. Well, no, you need to be really clear on what your key market is because as cliched as it sounds, the riches are actually found in the niches. So the more dialed in you can get on a specific market and a specific key market segment, the more dialed in you're going to be and the more relevant you're going to be to that particular market, which then means you've got to also identify what is the actual problem that you solve. And this is the issue that I find with many salespeople even today, is they look at their product and unfortunately many people drink the Kool-Aid of the organization they work with and they think we've got the best product or the best service, we're the best of breed, we're best this, best that. Well, quite frankly, your customers don't care. What they care about is they have a problem that they want a solution to. Now, whether you can solve the problem with the best widget on the planet or not is actually irrelevant to your customer. What they want to know is can you understand and can you articulate a problem that they have, but more importantly, can you help them solve that problem? Which means we have to be proactive and ask a lot of questions and do some research about what the problems are that are out there, which means we can't sit back and wait to be taken care of. The third thing is think about what is unique about you. And this is where a lot of people uh, struggle a little bit because they think, well, I'm just the same as everybody else. What, what's different to me, about me? Well, you know what? Every single person, there's 8 billion people on the planet which means there's 8 billion different versions of reality and there's 8 different versions of thinking practices and thinking processes. And whilst there might be a lot of similarities between a lot of people, at the end of the day, you are unique. You are. There's nobody else like you. In fact, even your fingerprints are not the same as anybody else's. So there's a unique identifier about you. Our challenge is to find out what is it about us that makes us unique. And many people... How do I say this? Many people focus more on the surface level stuff. Uh, the people that really get this and the people who can articulate their uniqueness go a lot deeper. And they go deeper in terms of what's their story? What's their backstory? What led them to here? Because if you look at your own story, it's actually very unique. All the experiences, all the things you've actually done up into your life right now has led you to this particular position. So how often do we use that in the way that we approach customers and engage with customers, probably not enough is what, is what I'll say. So what, what is going to be unique about you? The next one is where do your customers or potential customers hang out, right? So we have to be proactive here. So we have to understand if I'm going to be targeting hairdressers or if I'm going to be targeting cafe owners or if I'm going to be targeting restaurants, I've got to know where they hang out. And they're probably not hanging out at the racetrack, or they could be, maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday, but um, find out where they hang out and... Be part of that particular area, be in that environment, get to learn that environment, and then you can start bringing some value to that environment, which is the next thing, how you can bring value to that marketplace. How can you understand the problems of that marketplace? What keeps these people awake at night? What's front of mind for them in terms of the problems they always have to continue to solve? If we can get really good at understanding that and then start having conversation with them, all of a sudden we can start to build a level of credibility 
to the point where they will unconsciously think that we have a solution to that problem. Now, even when that happens, they're not necessarily going to reach out to say, hey, Darren, can you help me solve my problem? They're going to have to be asked, which is the next thing to think about. You've got to ask people. This is where my sales executive from many years ago made the grave mistake. He was waiting on people to ask him to do business with them. And it just doesn't happen. It's a rarity. Now, every as I said before, I love having pieces of business come to us and sometimes things land on your, in your lap or in your, on a platter and that's awesome. But you can't build a sustainable business based on either referrals or uh, things landing on your lap, right? You can't, and this the, the term the order taker is very prevalent in sales and there's a lot of salespeople out there who are order takers who are just waiting for things to fall in their lap. And when the tap is turned off, what happens then? And this is the key thing. And I remember talking to a number of real estate agents a number of years ago, and this is when the, the real estate industry was absolutely booming and everybody, it seemed, it was becoming a, a real estate agent. And they said, it's really, really easy to become a real estate agent when things are booming, when there's a lot of supply and a lot of demand and a lot of people prepared to purchase houses and sell houses because the middleman, the, the real estate agent, is just happens to be in the right place at the right time. But he said, when the market tanks when the market turns upside down it's when you see the real real estate agents come to the service because they have to work and if you look at the statistics around real estate agents in terms of the number of the amount of work they have to do the number of doors they've got to knock on the number of calls they've got to make just to get an interview or just to get a listing it is phenomenal some some ridiculous like 100 100 calls for one appointment or something like that. Now, the point of that is the real estate agents understand, and particularly the ones that have been successful over a long period of time, they understand that in order for them to get results, they've got to, first of all, knock on a lot of doors, make a lot of phone calls, but they've also got to ask. And this is the key message. And this is one of the biggest things that I think we can all learn, me included, in terms of not waiting to be taken care of. And that is, we've got to ask. Because people are not interested unless you ask. So it's, I know it sounds fundamental to sales, but I'm still staggered today that the number of salespeople who, for whatever reason, have this trepidation around asking a prospective customer or an existing customer if they're interested in a further exploration around a new product, a new service, or even a conversation. Many people simply won't ask. Why? because these people are waiting to be taken care of. And this is the key message today. We cannot wait. We've got to develop this level of self-sufficiency and self-reliance so that if ever a tap is turned off, if you've been used to getting leads from a certain spot, if you've been having relationships with certain organizations who have fed you business time and time again, and up until now, you've been very reliant upon them and that's been very successful for you and that's fine, then potentially it's a false sense of security. As harsh as this message might sound, sometimes the best thing that can happen is the tap gets switched off. Those leads that you've been relying upon up until now, all of a sudden, stop. That organization that's been feeding you clients uh, for a number of years or a number of months or for however long also stops. And you have to now depend upon yourself and be relied upon yourself because that's when you're going to find out what you're really made of. And that, I gotta say, is one of the best positions to ever be in because not only will you learn a lot about yourself, but you'll start to build a level of resourcefulness. And when you start asking a lot of people and also thinking about where your where your tribe hangs out and start engaging with those people, some amazing possibilities and amazing opportunities start to open up, which we wouldn't normally have seen because we were so reliant on other people and other organizations to take care of us. So the key message today is, first of all, ask yourself the question, am I waiting 
to be taken care of? Is my team waiting to be taken care of? Am I fostering an environment of codependency? Am I uh, suffering from codependency? And if so, what if the tap is turned off? How do I start building my own resourcefulness? How do I start increasing my own resilience? How can I start backing myself and relying on myself even more? So I trust that message helps. If you'd like some help with this, if you'd like to have a conversation, or if you'd like to work together one-on-one, love to engage with you and do that uh, as early as this week. Just simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick time that suits. We'll jump on the fabulous Zoom, have that conversation, and we can get working together as early as the back end of this week, early next week. So I'll very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com And let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.